Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to another amazing episode of Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I am, of course, your host, Rye Russell, and I'm so excited to get ready and to jump in to 2021. As Roz reminded me, we are done with 2020. And so I'm really excited to dive in and talk about real estate for the new year. And joining me today is someone that knows a lot about real estate and real estate syndication. Roz, welcome to the spotlight. Hey, right. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it is our pleasure. Roz, you live a fascinating life. I know you're shaking and baking all over the place. I'd love to learn about what some of the projects that you are deep entrenched in right now. And what are you what are you looking forward to this year? Sure. So I am actually traveling between uh, Israel, California and uh, Kansas City. I'm doing uh, all kinds of uh, projects. Uh, I'm doing uh, flips in the Bay Area in California all around San Francisco, but I also do, and this is my major uh, business, I'm also doing uh, virtual all-selling and investing in the Kansas City market. Awesome. It, what attracted you to, uh, to Kansas City? Yeah, it's a good question. I just kind of like, uh, I did a couple of years ago, I did a course uh, with a mentor that is called uh, Project X with uh, Robert Chemin. And they recommended a couple of markets in the Midwest that they are kind of like good timing to get into. That was about uh, three years ago. So they recommended uh, St. Louis, Kansas City, Indianapolis, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and a couple of other markets in the Midwest. And I just uh, decided to go for uh, Kansas City. That's amazing. And when... Whenever we're looking at you know different deals to get into in, in different markets, and so you're evaluating these different markets, was there something in your research that said Kansas City, or was it one of those kind of like entrepreneurial feelings of like, I like this here, I understand this, like this is recognizable to me? What was that decision-making looking like? Uh, it was both. I think that it was also kind of like a strong feeling inside that it's a good uh, timing to get into this market, but also you can see more uh, new construction and you can see more companies moving to the Midwest and to Kansas City. And uh, also because of my networking, I just uh, knew a few people over there. So it's kind of like uh, made my way a little bit easier. 
I think that whenever there's kind of boots on the ground, if you will, in an area that you're researching, I feel like it can bring a lot of a lot of trust in that market just because there's at least some familiarity. You know, it's sometimes so hard to to vet a market if you don't travel there or you don't know somebody that really knows the locale. So I can totally appreciate, you know, I you know, having a few friends in an area, they understanding and seeing are people moving in, are people moving out. And so that's a, that's a great tip, you know, for people that are vetting different markets, call some friends, you know, who knows, there might be some friends in that area. Now, tell me, how long have you been in real estate? Because you obviously, you know, you do a lot of traveling, you, you see a lot. So I know you're analyzing a lot. Is this something that you've really been working on for a long time? Or is this something that all of a sudden you're like, yes, this is what I'm doing? Yeah, so it's a good question because I this is not what I went to college with. Uh, I am from Israel, but I was a student athlete and, and I went to college in the U.S. with a water polo scholarship. And I went to school um, for uh, nutrition and physical education. No kidding. And, and it was nice, but when I uh, when I was in my senior year, I kind of like I found myself that I, I'm not like really passionate about it, and you know this is not exactly what I wanted to do. So I started to to speak with some friends from for my uh, networking, and I started uh, to do a job that it was uh, sales and project management in the Bay Area in California. It was for construction and solar. And I was basically uh, managing and selling uh, projects uh, for construction, for uh, residential homeowners. So I got to learn some basic knowledge about construction. And then a couple of years later, I just uh, started to jump full-time into real estate. So I have been doing it for full-time for two and a half years, but also total for like four and a half years total. That's incredible. I I played water polo one time. I visited Hungary when I was oh, in high yeah. school. And uh, one of the host families that I had the pleasure of staying with, their son played water polo. And so I went and played. And, you know, being a, a lacrosse athlete, you would have thought that like you had the strength to do that. I had never been so winded in my life. <laughs> Amazing sport. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big it's a big sport in uh, Eastern Europe, uh, Hungary, Serbia, Croatia, and also in uh, California. You know, women's water polo, the U.S. women's water polo, they won the last uh, two Olympics. So it's a uh, it's a nice and uh, tough sport. <laughs> Well, I think it must uh, prepare you for the grinding grid of real estate because there's so much discipline in all sports and all athleticism. But I know be it, it's one of those things that I think you have so much appreciation and respect for a sport that you just cannot perform. Uh, and so, you know, that's how I always felt. But there is tremendous strategy and focus, just like there is in real estate. Exactly. This is why I always encourage uh, parents to send uh, their kids to play sports. It doesn't matter which type of sport, but it's just the self-discipline and the time management and the self-confidence that it gives you. It's just uh, there is no like any class in school or there is no something else that can replace it, you know. 
Exactly. And I think so much of, of our production is, is based on confidence, right? We get more confidence the more that we research, the more that you know we are conditioned to you know, something. It's you know that first real estate deal can seem super daunting. But a lot of times that second one seems almost too easy because you've navigated so many unknowns before. So I'd love to learn just in your experience, Roz, like what are some of those major tips that when you first got into real estate that you're like, I wish I had had some notebook of don't do this. So I would say um, don't use other people's money until you get uh, experienced and until you kind of like uh, um, practice on your money just because mm-hmm. it's, uh, it could bring like uncomfortable situations. And, and uh, mainly work with a mentor. I'm sure that many people say that before me, but work with somebody that already already done uh, this uh, type of deals and somebody that uh, that's familiar and more experienced than you. And I think that this is, uh, this is the best tips uh, I can give. Well, and it's amazing tips because one thing we all talk about, of course, is the mentorship. But I'm fascinated because so many entrepreneurs, especially in real estate, like their fundamental rule is do not invest with your own money, invest with somebody else's. But in order to do that, you need to show that you respect money, you respect the process, and you understand what you're doing. And so this is not a tip that's shared very often. So I'd like to talk about this a little bit more. You know, can you tell me like your first project where you're like, man, you know, I'm glad that I had some mentorship uh, because I think so many people are looking, I'm like, oh, I want to get into real estate, but I heard this rule, don't use your own money. And then people often get uh, discouraged that nobody is, you know, nobody's throwing money at them. Uh, and so I would love to kind of talk about that. Yeah. So it was for a rental property in uh, Kansas City. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like the best, uh, the best area over there. Uh, there is, uh, there is uh, some you know, nicer neighborhoods like like every market, and there is some uh, rough neighborhoods. And I thought the the numbers were great. You know, I wasn't I wasn't experienced a few a few years ago, so I just uh, jumped into it, and uh, it was like a thousand dollars in rent for uh, seventy dollars uh, for seventy thousand dollars out. So the numbers uh, seemed to be like pretty good, but then you know i found out that within the first few months um i needed to replace the, the roof and the furnace and uh, i had a couple of problems with the tenants and uh, i had uh, i had uh, somebody stealing uh, the water heater from the from the property so it just uh, brought a lot of issues that if i had to go back in time and to do it again i would I would interview better a property management company and I would just uh, focus on finding a really good one before I, uh, before I jump into it. Interesting. And so that's something where, you know, I, 
I don't think we talk about that a lot, but you know, we really should, and I think we will this year, really talk about the the right team and the right strategic partners to have as part of your deals. Because you're right, you know, you would think a property management company, you know, they know the locale, they know how to run properties. This probably is not their first one, but it's human like any other business. There's humans that are that are operating the machine, and so. If you can't work with those, you know, with those individuals, then so what a what a great lesson. And so what was the second project? Like you come out of this first one, were you a little stressed out? Were you a little like, I don't know if I want to do this again? Or did you say, wow, I learned a lot time for round two? So I am very competitive and, you know, I'm not uh, stressing out. And I think this is also part of the sport and the it's just, uh, you know, I was thinking uh, from from the beginning again um, how, how I can build a better team with boots on the ground in uh, Kansas City. And I flew out there and uh, I, I spent uh, a couple of weeks over there. I met a lot of people. I interviewed um, a few people that I want to work with them. And I think that this is what made me successful now in this market because I took the time to actually it took me a few months to build the right team and now I have a property management company that I'm very happy with and I have a great uh, home inspector and handyman and contractor and just uh, people that I can uh, really trust and, uh, and be in touch with uh, daily. That's amazing and when you are, so we're looking at this Kansas City market, you had your first property and, you know, Roz is is not afraid. He's going to tackle that next property and he's he's dialing in his team and he's feeling confident. I would love to talk about, you know, having that team and those resources when you're doing projects like this, right? So when you talk about having like that trustworthy handyman, that trustworthy inspector, those individuals that you can rely on that, you know, work for you that have your best interests in mind. I'm curious, you know, when you find somebody like that, what is the, the break even of having somebody like, like how many properties do you need to kind of have in a portfolio to make a full-time position like that, a worthy investment? Um, uh... I would say uh, somewhere between five and ten uh, properties that okay. you can feel you can feel kind of like uh, comfortable. And again, just to to remember, in that market, um, average property is probably like around the uh, one fifty area. So this is not uh, prices like uh, California or Colorado or or other uh, states. Um, of course, in every single market, there is some uh, higher, uh, higher end uh, neighborhoods. But I, I would say uh, a few, a few properties that can uh, can cash flow some uh, passive income. And uh, in addition to that, I started to do a few months later. I started to do uh, owner financing deals that I am the one that financing. Sure. Um, so this is uh, kind of like also passive income but i am not i am not the landlord so i don't need to deal with uh, with the uh, tenants and repairs and insurance and uh, kind of like uh, a little bit more time you know sure. timely manner being a landlord 
Absolutely. And for the audience that's tuning in, Roz, that may not have, you know, spent much time, you know, or even have any sort of understanding of the real estate market in Israel. I was wondering if you could kind of just tell me like maybe some, a couple of similarities and some differences in maybe how real estate is conducted in the two different countries and just kind of some similarities and differences in, in how you, in how you evaluate markets like that. Sure. So Israel is uh, more similar to California. Everything is uh, is very expensive, and uh, if people rely on the ROI on the return on investment, so the return on investment is not very high. It's uh, probably between two and four percent, like you see in California, which means that the rent compared to the to the housing to the price of the housing, it's just it's not it's not very good. Compare, you know, to the to states like uh, Kansas, Missouri, Indiana, and Tennessee, but there is a, a little bit more uh, appreciation, and uh, it's a small country with uh, the population uh, going. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, like like most of the areas, real estate uh, will go up, and the pricing of houses uh, going up. But average average uh, apartment. In Israel, it's like around half million dollars. So it's wow. it's expensive. It's expensive country, especially uh, Tel Aviv, which is a, it's a really fun city and similar to San Diego, California. You know, kind of like uh, on the on the beach with a lot of a uh, lot of people around and the, the sure. nightlife and the great uh, city. That's amazing. And thank you so much for that. Cause I think that's just so fun for the audience. You know, we talk so much about the U S market, but there's markets all over the world. And so it's fun to learn a little bit about those. And so super grateful for you uh, sharing that with us, Roz, I am, you know, just so fascinated by, you know, your travels, your experience in this. And I know that our audience tuning in will be as well. So I'm wondering what are the best ways for us to stay connected and to follow you, your journey, uh, and maybe, you know, even participate in some business together. Sure. So the best ways are uh, LinkedIn and Facebook. And you spell my first name, uh, Raz, R as Robert, A as an Apple, Z as a Zebra, and the last name Yuval, Y-U, V as a Victor, A as an Apple, L as a Lemon, Raz Yuval. Perfect. And of course, for all of you tuning in, we will put links to how to connect with Roz further in our show notes. So do not worry. Those will be there. You can head over to the website and you can connect with him further. Roz, before we wrap up, what is your your number one tip to share with people getting into real estate and real estate syndication? I would say to stay consistent and uh, to build the cash flow and the passive income slowly and don't wait to don't wait you know uh, to your 40s or 50s or 60s because sometimes it's very, it's very possible to start uh, early after college or even during college to to start uh, and build some uh, cash flow and the uh, passive income and you know just to enjoy to enjoy it 
I love that tip. Do not wait. That should be the motto for 2021. Do not wait. Get out there. Make moves. Get disciplined. Do your research. Well, Roz, we're so grateful that you were able to join us today. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for having me. Well, and to all of you tuning in, we are always so grateful for you joining us. We hope that you got some amazing value today, and I'm really excited and honored to be your host here in 2021 as well, and looking forward to an amazing year for the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. We'll see you in the next show. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com. And please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.